the moment that you're sitting in a doctor's office hearing the words that you have cancer and it's malignant and it's eaten away at your bone this for me was probably probably the first time in my life that I stopped that I was present that I paused she definitely went into some sort of slow motion or I stopped listening to her or something like I said it was exactly like they portrayed in the movies Okay, welcome to Trajectory, the podcast committed to radical honesty, understanding the human condition and aligning to our true path. Let's understand why we choose to hold ourselves back and try to quiet that inner fire that tells us that we can have all that we ever dreamed of. If you're ready to start looking at the programs, patterns and limiting beliefs that you know are holding you back in some way, you're in the right place. I want this podcast to be a resource to help you understand who you are, what you really want and how to align with that dream. If you're truly ready to start aligning with your trajectory, let's do it. So today's episode is a bit of a story, story time. Uh, This is one of the biggest teachers of my life so far. I want to talk about when I was diagnosed with cancer and not any cancer. uh, It was an osteosarcoma, which had an 85% mortality rate. And at the time, I actually had a friend who knew two people who were diagnosed with the same thing, and unfortunately, both of them passed away. So at the time, when I received this diagnosis, it was the sort of thing where you think this is the end. It was a huge turning point in my life. Now, where to start? I Basically, I had a lump in my arm, my right arm, and it was just above where the elbow is on the inside. I went to a doctor and she told me that she believed that it was lipoma, which was just sort of a fat storage, a little bit of extra fat deciding to hang out in the one little zone in my arm, which I didn't really even question. I just thought, doctor said this, okay, she must be right. And so I left it another six months. And then eventually I saw another doctor and as soon as she saw it, she said, I really want to get an x-ray for this. Uh, sorry, an ultrasound. I want to get an ultrasound for this. And so at this point, I, you know, it would have been six months since this first doctor said really in a very blase manner, oh, no, it's nothing to worry about. The second doctor, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe she's just a bit paranoid and it's not a big deal, but yeah, I'll eventually get this ultrasound. So I waited another six months and yes, I'm obviously not too proud of that when I look back now, but it is what it is. And so basically when I eventually went to get this ultrasound, that was the day everything changed. Um, I knew that something big was going on. I basically went in and got the, you know, the gel that they put on your arm and the little rolly viewy thing, (laughs) technical term. (laughs) Um, And the person who was looking at the imaging literally gasped, like they had an audible gasp and they ran out of the room. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a good sign. That's, yeah, okay, cool, where something's happening here. And so this guy runs back and he's got another person with him. And this other doctor had a look at the scans and he sort of 
said, okay, yes, um, you know, sorry to alarm you or anything. We're going to be sending these to your doctor. Um, we'll get her to give you a call. We'll get her to have a chat with you. And But they didn't give me any information. And to be honest, I was still, I, I knew something was up, but I was still, I think I started to go into the d- denial phase really and started to sort of tell myself, oh, you know, nothing can be as bad as, you know, you imagine it. The worst case scenario always in your mind, it can't be that. So I basically, uh, there's so much to this story. I've got to try and shorten it. So basically after that, I was aware that my doctor was actually on holiday. And so she was going to be on holiday until Wednesday of the following week. That weekend, I actually was able to catch up with my mum and my sister. And I showed my sister a photo of the ultrasound and she knew straight away. She looked at it and went, you know, she did a bit of a gasp as well and she knew something was wrong and she sort of said to me, you know, I I can't remember the exact words, but it was very much along the lines of, you know, this is something serious, right? And I'm just laughing and smiling going, yeah, it'll be fine, whatever it is, or, you know, it, it won't be that bad. I'll figure it out on Wednesday when my doctor gets back. So on Monday, having this conversation with my boss and, co-worker and they're both saying how you know you have the worst case scenario in your head and 99.9% of the time it's it's never the worst case scenario it's never as bad as you think it's going to be so then I get a phone call from the doctor the doctor's office saying the doctor has seen your scans and she's come back from her holiday early and she would like to see you immediately now I'm panicking (laughs) and it's a very interesting kind of panic when it comes to, you know, life-threatening conditions and diagnosis, it's sort of like you just go a bit numb. And so basically I just sort of told myself, don't freak out until you actually speak to the doctor, until you have some information. So I drove myself to the doctor. I asked my partner at the time to meet me there and he met me there, which was fantastic to have him with me. And it it was exactly like they portray it in movies that's the closest thing i can i can say is when you're sitting in a doctor's office and you've got this doctor she's trying so hard to you know give it to you easy but she's basically saying this is what it is this is how serious it is this is how urgently you need it looked at i've already called the surgeon and she was um luckily she had a connection with an amazing surgeon Dr. Stally here in Sydney and he she used to be a student of his so she was able to get him on my case straight away and I was bumped through the system I was rushed through so many different scans I think I had nine different scans in about five days and I'll get to that in a sec because there's more hilarious stories that come out of those but the moment that you're sitting in a doctor's office hearing the words that you have cancer and it's malignant and it's eaten away at your bone and if we don't operate now there's a good chance you can you know it might it's likely um, metastasized it's likely spread already through your body so we need to find out how far it's gone and if not we need to operate right away and we need to figure this out so this for me was probably probably the first time in my life that I stopped that I was present that I paused 
she definitely went into some sort of slow motion or I stopped listening to her or something. Like I said, it was exactly like they portrayed in the movies. But I wasn't there. I had as much information that I needed to get from her. Then I knew what was happening. And then it was a matter of me dealing with me, myself, and figuring out, okay, how am I going to handle this? And I just went very quiet. And I remember walking outside and there was a beautiful tree right outside and there was a butterfly that was flying around and that's all I could think of. I was just in that moment watching that butterfly, looking at the tree and it really genuinely gave me a moment to stop and look at life. I had just been running since I was a child. This is what I want to do when I'm older. This is what I got to do. This is what I got to do to get there. I've got to work harder. I've got to work longer. I've got to do more hours. I've got to make more money, more, 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 faster, faster, faster. This was the first pause. And when I look back now, it was also the first time I ever surrendered and spoke to the universe, spoke to the potential of anything bigger than me and bigger than humanity being out there in the universe and said, I'm going to hand this over. And if you want to take me, then it is what it is, but I don't really know what to do. So it was a really beautiful, just surrendering, just handing over whatever it is that's going to happen, just letting it happen and being content to be with the moment as it was unfolding. So then I ended up going into the next few days were full of scans. Like I said, there were x-rays, CTs, um, MRIs, um, PET scans, and the CT was by far the worst day of this whole experience. Basically, I went in, I had a, what seemed to be an intern, someone who hadn't had much experience, um, who was the one to, the CT is the big donut where you get um, something like mercury or something um, injected into your veins so that then the computer and the system can read, you know, your veins. <laughs> oh, I'm so good with all the technical terms. Um, but basically he said to me, look, I'm going to inject this um, solution into your arm and nothing will go wrong. Everything will be fine. But if you do feel any pain right here, and he pointed to my left arm underneath, um, at the sort of backside of my arm. He said, if you feel any discomfort, any sort of pain, just raise your right hand and we'll come in. And that basically means you might be needing emergency plastic surgery. And I was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Thanks for the warning though. Thanks for freaking me out. Within two minutes of him injecting this, there was a lot of pain exactly where he said I shouldn't experience any pain. And so I put my arm up, he comes running in, another doctor comes running in. Basically, they do a little bit of a check and my arm starts to expand, it's starting to grow. And the more senior doctor tells me that if it's not um, subsiding by 2 p.m. that day, I'm going to need to have emergency plastic surgery on the other arm. So my right arm is the one that has the cancer that's eating through my bone. Now the left arm might need plastic surgery because someone has injected this solution incorrectly and it's going all through my system and that's really not good for you. So this was the point where I started to break down a little bit and, you know, I was very scared. I was going, okay, well, this is just great. <laughs> Everything's just sort of piling onto itself right now, but 
okay, I mean, what can you do? I called um, for my family to come up and stay with me and just sort of be around. And that was really helpful to have them around. But it was basically a period of 12 days where I had to wait for any advice about what exactly this was, what our plan of action was, and, you know, what the risks involved were. So it was a 12-day period of really going inward, really trying to slow myself down, trying not to let all of the, you know, crazy thoughts overwhelm me of, I'm, I'm a goner, this is it, this is the end. And basically... I got a biopsy. So I went in for a biopsy before my surgery. It was about three or four days before the surgery was booked. And after that biopsy, I came in for a meeting with the doctor to discuss the plan for the big surgery to figure out what we're going to do with my arm. The plan at that stage was to cut, to scoop out the cancer and then to cut my bone from the top above my elbow to below my elbow and replace it potentially with um, some sort of metal. The other option was to take that part of the bone out, irradiate it, and then put it back in. So trying to take any cancerous cells out of it and then put it back into my arm somehow. Don't understand how that could have happened, but amazing the things that these doctors can do. So I went into this meeting. There was there were three doctors in there. There was the... Um, radiation specialist I believe gosh this is a while ago I can't remember her exact label um, but then there was Dr. Staly then there were a couple of other doctors and then there was my partner and myself and they were all huddled around the pictures of my scans scratching their heads looking at each other whispering quietly and of course now I'm in the state of thinking you know all the worst case scenarios, they're just, that's what's coming my way. So I was preparing myself for something pretty radically bad. And eventually the surgeon, the doctor, Dr. Staly, the man, he came over to me and he held my chin and said, I want you to go and buy a lottery ticket, a lottery ticket and put my name on it because you're the luckiest girl I've ever seen. And I was obviously confused and he explained that the cancer, even though it was, it had malignant tendencies, which is that it ate away at my bone, almost to the point, like almost all the way through. There was only a little bit of bone holding my humerus in place. And even though it had eaten all through the bone, so that was a malignant tendency, it hadn't metastasized, it hadn't spread throughout my body, but it actually was a benign tumor they still don't know why he asked if he could take my scans and give them to the skeletal society so they could study it because they couldn't explain it it usually goes one way or another it's either benign or it's malignant and mine seemed to be malignant tendencies but it chose to be benign at the 11th hour so luckily the plan then became to scoop out the tumor and allow my bone to heal itself and then go through some physical therapy to get my arm movement back and so it went from the worst case scenario and me worrying that I'm probably not going to have the use of my right arm the way that I have my entire life. I work with cameras, so that was really scary for me, thinking I'm not even going to be able to hold a camera properly, to then knowing that you know within six to eight weeks 
I'm going to be pretty much back to fighting fit, back to myself. And that was such a huge experience for me. It's still, it's shaped me in so many ways. I'm so grateful for it. This is why when I look back over my life and I've had a few other big challenges and hurdles towards the same sort of scale as that since then. But when I look back now, that experience was one of the things that made me appreciate everything that made me understand that it's through the dark times that you get to learn so much about yourself. It's through the challenges that you get to understand what you're made of, that you get an opportunity to rise up rather than sitting back. You get to know where your courage is, if you have courage, if you want to face your fears or if you want to sink back and ignore them and stay in denial. And I'm just really grateful. And it's something that obviously at the time I never thought that when I was getting diagnosed that one day I'd look back and be so grateful for it. But I appreciate my body so much now. I love my arms. I love my legs. I love being able to use my limbs to the fullest of their capability. I love not pushing myself anymore. I have learned so many times and obviously I didn't learn it just in this one hit. It still took a little while longer, a few more years after that of other experiences that I'll get into in other episodes to really make me understand how much I needed to slow down. But this was the catalyst. This was the number one, the big pause that created an effect that's played out through the last, oh, it's been seven years now, I believe, um, that has continued to help me know my limits and not burn out and not push myself to the point where I'm seriously damaging my health. So, I mean, the list of things that this experience gave me is endless, but it's just a really great reminder that when things look really bad, sometimes that is the most fantastic thing that could have possibly happened to you, but you can't experience the growth and the beauty and the true side of you that you maybe haven't seen before until you're thrown into such darkness that those layers of armor have to come off and you have to be vulnerable and you have to find some serious guts, serious courage and step forward and start to see yourself. So, yeah. <sighs> Wondering if I've missed anything. I don't think so, but big reminder to get your body checked. If you do feel like there's something wrong, <laughs> don't do what I did. Don't wait around months and months and months. Don't just get one opinion. If that first opinion doesn't really resonate with you and you think maybe, maybe I need a second opinion, definitely go and get a second opinion. Every doctor is trained in different ways. They all have their own perspectives and their own opinions. And sometimes it might take someone else, someone different than who you're used to, to look at you with a different light and go, okay, I think this needs to be examined a little bit further. I'm very, very grateful for that second doctor for really looking into it and going, I really think that we need an ultrasound here. Even though you've been told it's nothing, I just want to play it safe. And yeah, so anyway, I think I've gone on a bit of a tangent. It's it's always interesting when I delve back into this story because it brings up a lot of emotions, but I can just see how far I've come since those times and 
I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for that opportunity to be given a second chance, to be given an outcome that I never would have expected. It was looking so bleak. There were only different shades of gray, of dark results that were, you know, looking like possibilities for me. And then suddenly I was fine. So I'm very, very grateful to the universe for helping me out at the 11th hour. They had to put me through some serious shit to make sure that I learned my lesson. But very, very grateful that I was taken out of it the other side and given another chance. And I'm not wasting that chance. So don't wait to get things checked out. Look after yourself. Don't push yourself to the limit. Who are you doing that for? Check in about that. If you are pushing yourself to your absolute breaking point, you need to start asking who you're doing it for and why. Because your health is absolute priority. Your health doesn't just encompass your physical health, but your mental health, your state of being, your lifestyle is such a huge factor in how your state of being is. If you've got a hectic, crazy lifestyle all the time and you've just become okay with that and accepted it, then your state of being is going to be not so great. So look after you. Please look after you. Don't wait for a scare like that to realize that life is precious. <laughs> Seriously. So anyway, thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, if you've got any questions, feedback or suggested topics for future episodes, hit me up on social media, any platform uh, under Trajectory or Sarah Maxwell. Stay true, stay you. Love to you all. Thank you.